the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast. The best bets. I'm Jason Sobel. From Golf Bet, he's Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. And as we do every week, we're going to play 18 holes, make 18 bets for this week's kickoff to the FedEx Cup playoffs, the FedEx St. Jude Championship, the kickoff here in Memphis, which is not the FedEx St. Jude Classic that it used to be. It's not the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational that we had the last three years. It's a new event for the same event. I don't know. <laughs> we're playing TPC Southwind, Benny. That's all I know. That's it, my Yeah, good to be back and good to uh, see and hear everyone again, of course. Um, yeah, it is kind of weird, isn't it, to think that Tony Finau is the defending champion, but yet he didn't win at Southland, where we did play last year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we'll get around it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We do have a lot how about of this history, one? if not. Uh, how about the fact that you're a career all-time money winner of this tournament because it's taking on the the history of the Barclays and the Northern Trust Northern before. Trust. It's Dustin Johnson. Yep. Who, <laughs> I don't think he's playing this week. No, nah, not in that field, and not and no. not likely to get in either. Unlike no, some others, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all let's right, get to right, it as we do every single week. Yeah, eighteen holes. You're on the tee, Benny. Fire away. All right, mate. I'm going to go with my first winner, of course, of the week, as I usually do. I like to bookend this with an outright choice. Um, I'm going to spoil for everyone here and say I'm, I'm I'm near the top of the board for both of my choices this week in the outright market. We're in the playoffs. I think that the cream's going to rise to the crop over the next few weeks. Um, so you'll get that from me. A uh, bit of an unknown next time, obviously, at the BMW with a new course. But uh, this week, with a little bit of history from the course in mind and just feeling where uh, the game might be at, my first winner is Rory McIlroy, plus 1,100, I think, was the best I saw him early this mm-hmm. week. I've seen 900 to 11 to 1,200. So shop around, as we always say, find the best number. Uh, Rory's obviously played half decent at TPC Southwind before. I think 12th the last time he was there, he's had a fourth there when he should have won and another top 10 to boot. Averages about 68 on the past 70 layouts. So two-time FedEx Cup champ Rory McIlroy to start us off with a bang. Uh, Good chance for outright picks this week. Yeah, you do always start with an outright, but it's usually more of a long shot. And so I have a long shot here. It's going to sound ridiculous in comparison to Rory McIlroy, but it's a guy that we've been talking about a lot lately. One of these rookies we're just coming off a rookie or now a rookie who wasn't even a member before winning last week and Tom Kim becoming the second rookie to win on the PGA tour this season. But I'm going with a long shot as I like to do to kick things off. Just, just a little sprinkle on out, right? Just in case we get something special this week. Sahith Thigala. I've been on him a lot this year. I I'm all in on his talent, his skill level over the next five to 10 years. He can beat, if he plays his best golf, he can beat a field that's even this good. So at 130 to one, I know you're going Rory McIlroy and that's, hey, <laughs> that's certainly got a better chance, but I'm getting a better number, a much better number. So Sahif, just uh, again, okay. I'll get to my big outright later, but that's just a little sprinkle on somebody as a long shot. No problem. I like that, mate. Look, I think there's a lot of guys at the top of the board that you could make arguments for this week. Um, yeah. And Yet, this is the last time you're probably going to get a good shot at a long shot. Like you said, as we shrink that those fields, 70 guys at the BMW, obviously 30 at the, the Tour Championship with starting strokes involved. 
Um, if you want to get your last sort of real lottery crack at it, this is the week. So, yeah, keep an eye on those choices while you can. And look, I'll see if I can give you something of value then. What, who have I got for my long shot? I'll go early. I usually wait, but I'll go early. Cue up the music. Mark Leishman, 140 mm. to 1. Um, now, look, something. Yeah, done nothing this year. Nothing, but yet still somehow finds himself around 60th or so uh, in the FedEx Cup points list. Uh, half decent effort needed to obviously maintain another another week's play. But uh, he was third uh, back in 2019, I believe, when we first went there for a WGC. Um, has made the – obviously he was like 50th, 30th in other events. You know, average is about 69 per round. Maybe, just maybe as a long shot, he could find something. 140 to 1 is a good number for him. Um, maybe sprinkle in that like 20, top 20, top 40, et cetera. Sure. But yep. um, yeah, Leishman's an option. I like that. All right. I'm going to go with the top five for the fourth hole here. And I was thinking about Justin Thomas. I like him a lot this week. He won here two years ago in the WGC. I was thinking about Patrick Cantley, who's been tremendous, especially in non-major championships over the past four or five months. So I, I really like him, but I'm going to go with the hot hand here. I don't necessarily love him in DFS markets because I just think that Coming off back-to-back wins, he's going to be very, very popular. But in the betting marketplace where you're not playing against anybody else, you're just rooting for your guy, Tony Finau to continue the hot streak, top five, plus 404-1 this week. Okay, I guess that pivots me into my matchup fades (laughs) for this week. Uh, Two guys near the top or closer to the top of the board I would look to go against this week. Uh, one being Tony Finau, who is the defending mm. champion, as we said, from the Northern Trust, and the other, just because I think that his number is um, getting in there tight, um, and he hasn't necessarily had the greatest success at um, TPC Southwind. I'm just trying to bring up his numbers here from memory. I wasn't that impressed. You know, average is around 70, which is par. 34th, 65th, 27th, and a missed cut for Tony Finau at TPC Southwind. Him and Max Homer is the other one. A lot of people love Max but I do not love what he's done here in the past. So I don't love what Max has done at Southwind. Obviously, is he a better player now? Absolutely. But I think that with the fact that he's pretty much been guaranteed a spot in the President's Cup team, that might take a little pressure off. And with a 71.3 average at Southwind uh, for Max Homer per round, I'm staying away from him. Benny, I love that play. You know why I love that play? Because you and I agree way too much on a weekly basis on this pod. <laughs> so for the sixth hole, I'm going with my top 20 play, Max Homa, plus 190. <laughs> Love him this week. He's been so consistent this year. I don't know. You can talk about some narrative about, oh, he's on the President's Cup team already, so he doesn't. he's not on that team yet. He needs to do some damage <laughs> the next three weeks, and I think he will. Nine top 20s and 16 starts this year. That's a rate, of course, of more than 50%, and yet the implied probability – of him for a top 20 is nearly two to one this week. I love the ratio between those two and I'm playing him for a top 20. I like that. Yeah, mate, it's not a bad move. And let me tell you, as I said, I'm, I'm not gung ho because of course history, but I tell you, if we told him, if you went out and told him that I was against him, I reckon he'd therefore go and finish top 10 straight up. As soon as you put... And he would tweet um, about it suggesting. too. Oh, he yes, would correct, correct. throw you on the fire <laughs> on Twitter. You'd have a million people yes. responding to you. 100%. So, look, he's definitely got the, the the guts, if you will. And and what we haven't even mentioned yet, which we should keep in mind, is this is a playoff event. It, look, it's I know it's not a major, 
but it is a level up. And guys who yeah. want to win the FedEx Cup and they do want to win it, they do lift. And so, um, yes, course history is important. Yes, current form is important, but also that intangible of guys. And that's why I say the cream at the top that will get up for these bigger events will come true. You know, you will get the guys who can handle the pressure and 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 do well. Okay. Let me go with my top five player. You mentioned him already. Uh, look, he just just fell outside of my two favourite outrights. Another guy near the top, but the defending FedEx Cup champion, Patrick Cantlay, is plus 300 for a top five. Not only has he, you know, been knocking on the door of victories basically this whole season and just quietly going about his business, he's been half decent in the past uh, at this event. And I think top 30s each time he's played. Again, averages under par, well under par at Southwind. I just I see him being in there, that top five, top ten. I've I've gone top five, but I just I'd be surprised if he's not knocking on the door of victory come Sunday. Yeah, I like that play. I think that the only reason I really didn't put it in top five instead of Fina was because we just saw so much of it last year, and I'm not sure he can replicate the same success yeah. in the playoffs as he had last year, but I certainly like him a lot this week. All right, let's go to some top 40s, and I think this is where this is where you make your money this week. If you really want to turn a profit, especially with less than 125 players in the field this week, no matter what, no matter what happens on Tuesday, and we're speaking on Monday evening right now, but uh, there will be less than 125 players. So top 40s this week, all you have to do is finish in the top third of this field. Mm-hmm. So you're not looking for, this is not a 156 man field where you've got to finish top 25%, top 33%. That's a big difference. I'm going to give you two names of guys who are playing well right now. Chris Kirk, very high floor, plus 110 for a top 40. Look, he's just a good player. He just doesn't put up big scores. He may not have the ceiling of some other players at the same level, but the floor is very high. I think he's going to have a nice week. And the other guy, and a little trepidation here, I don't want to go too much more than a top 40 because he's playing so well, and I don't want to catch him on the one-off week, but he's got four consecutive finishes of 13th or better. Scott Stallings is playing the best golf of his career right now. Uh, Top 40 for plus 120. I think that's a really nice play. Again, I know some people will be on him for top 10s, top 20s. I don't hate it. I just think that at some point, the magic runs out a little bit, but I don't think it's going to run out to the extent where he completely goes the other way and misses the cut. Oh, mate, uh, I didn't. I have my two names for top 40s, and Scott Stallings was on my shortlist, just missed out. Um, he has, a, I believe, a second or a third at this event way back when. Runner um, well, back in 2013, yeah, nine years yeah, ago. Yeah, right. So, and then your other guy you mentioned, Kirk, I believe, right before it went to a WC, was a top 10 finisher also at Southwind. So, there are a lot of those names out there, and you're 100% right. It is the market to, like, just hammer on this week. Just sit there on the top 40s, look at them all, do as much research as you can. In the minus number, I liked, you know, since I'll go there for the ninth hole, I'll go there now for my top 40. So in the minus number, I liked Shane Lowry, minus 155. Mm-hmm. Um, there and in the plus, I've got Adam Scott at 110, plus 110. But, you know, you can go to... Multiple, multiple guys. Stallings, as I said. Jason Day is another one for a top 40 where you can get value. Uh, let me see who else I had in mind. Oh, you know who else is potentially could be massive? I didn't see his number yet, but like Stuart Sink is a guy who's got a long history there, um, could finish top 40. You'd probably get decent odds. Um, yeah, you go through the field. Any any sort of rookie as well, like, you know, might be a guy to look at there. Top 40s. Two more names for you. One's a rookie. Uh, one's a guy just off the... Uh, Corn Ferry last year. Taylor Moore, fifth and sixth in his last two starts. 
Steven Jaeger, who's been running hot. And also, you see that German flag next to Jaeger's name. He his, he spent his formative years in Tennessee, not too far from here. So I think that he should be familiar with, if not this course, the, at least the the turf, the terrain, and and playing in this type of heat, which, by the way, it is hot out here all week. I'm in Memphis at TPC Southwind. It is boiling hot throughout the week. So as we get to the back nine, Benny, tell them about PGA Tour Pick'em Live. Yeah, mate, as again, we're talking about long shots and top 40s. PGA Tour Pick'em Live is a chance for you to put on um, essentially bets for free, no risk, and play a game where you, you play the odds, try to get pick your winners, your top 10, your top 20, your, your matchups each day, gain points instead of um, obviously actual money, but with no risk. And the, the leaders at the end of the week do share in $5,000 worth of cash and prizes. So make sure you get in there and have a crack. We talked about those long shots. Um, another one I just realized that I'd left off, Trey Mullinax. Keep an eye on him for a top 40. All right. Uh, the last He's two exactly- events, the last... Yeah, last two events before they moved it to a WGC, he was inside the top 20. So another one okay. there to look on. He is exactly in 70th position right now, so trying to get into yeah. at least the BMW Championship and continue his season. All right, get to the back nine. I'm up on the 10th tee, and I'm going to go with my first-round leader play, and this shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I thought about going for him for an outright play. I know he's very popular. I was on hashtag golf betting Twitter earlier today it seems like every single person is on this guy sam burns i will limit myself to a first round leader play he is i believe 27th in round one scoring this year he was 16th last season the guy uh just continues to show up on thursdays and usually when he plays his best golf he starts strong as well uh three of his four wins on the pga tour he's started really well and so at 40 to 1 I, i think that's a nice play remember he lost in a playoff last year to Abraham answer. So I think Sam Burns getting off to a good start is a nice play this week. Right. So then that puts me on to my top 10 play. I have Sam Burns down for a top 10 this week, plus 300 around about, depending on where you go. Uh, it's funny. He was the guy. I have two guys put down for first round leader. And in the end, I went for the one that's less value, which is unlike me. Um, I just see, like you said, runner up Sam Burns last time. Uh, just things point towards him playing well here. Um, T to, strokes going T to green, I think is pretty decent, right? Et cetera. Look, top 10, you could put him anywhere across the board, really. You could go yep. for that first round leader play. You could put him anywhere. He could win this thing. He's proven he can win this season. Uh, I think he's up for the challenge. Uh, but yeah, I've got him in top 10 as my spot with that 300 number. Yeah, I expect it to be a good week for him. And apparently a lot of other people do as well. 12th hole, I'll go to my top 10, which I haven't named yet. But this guy, a little bit of a bigger number. I was one stroke out of finishing in the top 10 at the Wyndham Championship last week. He does not seem like he shies away against big fields. He's ranked right about 40th in the world right now. Maybe he just moved up a couple spots after that T13 last week. But I, I think he's got top 20, top 25 type talent. And I expect him to keep moving up that world ranking over the next 6 to 12 months. But Aaron Wise has shown that he is a very good player. I don't like the fact, Benny, that his strokes gained approach shots decreased from Mm. the first to the second to the third to the fourth round last week. That said, he's been very good in strokes gained on approach shots the entire season. He's a good iron player, so I'm willing to take a chance on that coming back this week. The rest of the game, driver, wedges, putter, have been very good. So Aaron Wise, top 10, plus 550. Yeah, all right. As I said, like you do have to sort of keep in mind about where that game is trending or, or whatnot. But you and I both, you know, I've said many, many times in this pod that 
the guy is going to eventually just entrench himself in that sort of upper echelon of the game and sit there amongst the, the better players. Why not be one of those? We always get someone. We always get someone who makes a big run in the playoffs. Always. Why not this be his year? And uh, yep. speaking of guys who've done that before and made big runs in the playoffs, my playoffs, my top 20 bet this week, Billy Horschel, plus 170. Uh, mm-hmm. Billy's a winner of the FedEx Cup before. He has gotten a run before. He's a big history at um, TPC Southwind. He's made the cut all eight times. I think he played there. A couple of top tens in there already. Five, I believe. Uh, you know, and he's obviously last week there was he was he was a big choice of a lot of people last week. But I'm pretty sure I saw on this podcast wait one week for Billy Horschel because he said himself I needed just a couple of rounds to get exactly where I need to be. Well, he's had that now. So I'm, I'm expecting Billy Horschel to sort of make a bit of a fist of this week. Um, and I've slated him in the top 20 at plus 170. I like him a lot. He's one of the last guys that didn't make my list of my best bets on here. But, yeah, I absolutely like Billy Horschel this week for all the reasons you just said. All right, 14th hole. I was on Russell Henley as my favorite outright last week. I regret nothing. He at least gave us a chance. We had some skin in the game going into the weekend, and he played well. What I've seen from Russell over the last two weeks, I've been on him both weeks, is that he doesn't make very many mistakes. He didn't make a bogey until I believe the fifth or sixth hole of the third round in Greensboro. So you have a guy that doesn't make too many mistakes. He's just not making quite enough birdies to get himself moving up that leaderboard enough. And so the ceiling is very high, or excuse me, the floor is very high. The ceiling might be a little limited. So I'm going to play Russell Henley in any type of matchups that I can get against like-minded players, similarly priced players. I'm looking at Tyrrell Hatton. I'm looking at Joaquin Neiman, maybe a Corey Connors. Players like that. If I can get Russell yep. against them, I think Henley's yep. a really nice play in head-to-head matchups. Yeah, 100. And you mentioned a few of the other names that were uh, potentially on my fade list earlier. So, yeah, yeah you yeah. might have something there. I'm going to go to first-round lead next. And to be, I'm going to like just be honest with you all. These, these are. I'm going to give you two names, and they're basically two names that I uh, could have easily slotted in the outright. Could have easily said, "Hey, these are these are guys you should look at for the entire tournament." Um, and I'll stick by that. Um, you know, you can do these guys across the board. I just uh, figured for the podcast, I'll throw them in first round lead. That is Justin Thomas, former winner sure. uh, here at, at TBC Southwind, and Matt Fitzpatrick, who will go mm-hmm. under the radar a little bit maybe. Um, I was expecting actually his number to be a little higher than it is. Um, but look, he he's 68 and a half strokes uh, average at this course. He's had a, a fourth place and a sixth place, I believe, in the past at TPC Southwind, and he leads the tour in Tita Green, strokes in Tita Green, which um, by a lot of people's judgment is one of the huge uh, stats this week because pretty much uh, every winner going back as far as you can think has been inside the top five of that stat when they've won at this course. So with that in mind, don't sleep on Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I like that. I can certainly see him adding a playoff victory to that U.S. Open win from a couple of months ago. So definitely like that. Justin Thomas, by the way, Scoring average of exactly 68 in his last 12 rounds in Memphis, including that victory two years ago. All right, hole 16. Look, lightning doesn't often strike twice in the same spot, but last year we had a three-way playoff. Abraham Answer won over Sam Burns and Hideki Matsuyama. Could have been a five-way playoff. Cam Smith was right there. Harris English was right there at the end. If we had that kind of traffic jam atop the leaderboard again, I went and looked. DraftKings has... Plus 1,100, 11 to 1 for a three-man playoff or more. I think that's a really nice number for a course that obviously has yielded that type of finish in the past. So 
Uh, we're only a year removed from a three-man playoff. Look, at 11 to 1, I think it's it's a nice play. Maybe we get it again. And just like, mate, just like uh, last year, which was obviously WGC scenario, this is a playoff. So there's in lots of good players, lots of great guys, lots of people pushing. Uh, the Northern Trust last year, which Fino under its previous name, was, uh, you know, a playoff between him and Smitty. So, yep. Um, look, yep. it, it's um, definitely on the cards. And, and while I don't always, not many weeks I do look at that, this is one where you might want to have a little a little flutter, like you said, and, and something to something to uh, push for down the stretch if your guy isn't isn't the one that's um, you know getting the job done for you. But speaking of, I think we're down to seventeen, right? My total, yeah, seventeen goal. Uh, Who you got? Huge surprise! Huge surprise to everyone this week. I mean, you, you, you would not, you will not see this coming. Are but we playing Cameron the music? Smith. Yeah, yes, we're playing the music. Cameron Smith is your favourite to win this this week. Obviously, you mentioned last last year in this tournament, by its other name, he would lost in a playoff to Tony Fionnale. And why is that relevant? It's relevant because Cameron Smith is a big game player. We've talked about this. He won the players. He won the Open. He gets up for the big events. Um, there are certain players who you just can't count out when the when the big stuff's on the line. He is very motivated to not only potentially win the FedEx Cup, but he knows that mathematically world number one is in his grasp over the next few weeks. Um, so with that in mind, uh, he is has a big push through this next few weeks. As I said, T5 by missing the playoff where he tried the hero shot. You know, he was trying to get into the playoff. He, he pushed his drive a little bit in the right. He was in the trees. Instead of just punching out and trying to make a par the smart way, he thought, bugger this, I'm going to try to win this thing through the gap, mm. clipped a tree, ricochet out of bounds, ends up fifth. I think that's the sort of play that actually can help him win. Again, he's just got that attitude. So, Cameron Smith, for me, I think I saw him between 16, 1800, depending on where you looked. Might be a play too. To, he might be one of those ones where you wait the first round. You know, sure. He might just sort of be hanging about, put a little bit on before tournament and just wait see where he is after round one. If he's a little behind, we know how he loves to chase. And if it's Rory, my earlier pick that he's chasing, he'll get up even more. If it's Justin Thomas, he loves beating him more than anyone. So uh-huh. double down on Smitty. If you see him a couple behind Justin Thomas, if Justin Thomas catches my first round leader and Cam Smith's three behind, triple up on Cam Smith from that point on, let me tell you. Well, I like it, except he's not going to beat my guy, 18th hole. My <laughs> favorite outright this week. Look, I spoke with a handful of players at TPC Southwind Earlier today, everyone says it's a second-shot golf course. Yes, tee to green you need, but really it's about the iron game. I have one of the best iron players in the world who hasn't shown the results so far this year. In fact, missed cuts in each of his last two starts. Those both came in Scotland. There's nothing from the Scottish Open or the Open Championship that translates to 100-degree weather in in Memphis here this week. So I look at Colin Morikawa. Fourth on the PGA ah. Tour this season in strokes gained on approach shots. One of the preeminent ball strikers of this current generation at 30 to one with a really big wow. number next to his name. If you look, Benny, yeah. over the last couple of years, Morikawa tends to show up when we least expect it. You look at yep. his PGA Championship victory, it was like 40, 45 to one. Then all of a sudden the odds went down for a while. Then he went to the Open Championship last year. And all of a sudden, he said, I can't play Lynx golf. Never really done it before. Odds went back up to 40 to 1. He won that one. As soon as we stop thinking about Colin Morikawa, yeah. he tends to play his best golf. I think 30 to 1 is a very good number on him this week. 
hundred percent. Like I have sort of forgotten about him, if you will. I had sort of just slated him outside of the outside of the markets, and I think that's when he's absolutely poised to pounce. Which just coincidentally, I've been hammering you and I've been hammering one guy that we didn't say tonight. We've been hammering Will Zalatoris for weeks. Yeah. Now we're jumped off him. Watch that man, boys. That guys. That if, if Will Zalatoris wins this week because we didn't mention him, well, this is that little. Asterisks I'm putting on at the end of the pod. <laughs> like he's still there. 19th hole, Will Zalatoris. Yes, exactly. Will Zalatoris, you know, top, he was, I think, eighth in the only time he's played it um, at TBC Southwind. He's gotten the, the chaos of the caddy change out. He's good enough to do something. Just don't sleep on him or Morikawa, like you said, but too bad Smitty will beat them all. I, he, he very well might. But one thing on Zalatoris, I have no analytics, no metrics to back this up, but. It seems like over the years, anytime an elite level player changes caddies, whether it's permanently or temporarily, they kind of want to show off for the new caddy. I know that sounds ridiculous that a top mm-hmm. 20 player in the world wants to show his caddy how good he is. And yet it happens time and again where these guys, they just want to play well for a new caddy. Maybe it's something about, hey, tell me some new jokes. You know, let's have some new <laughs> stories. Just, just a new feel out of the golf course. He's got Joel Stock. Used to work with Ben Crane, knows his way around the PGA Tour, knows his way around this golf course. I think that's going to be a good partnership. I like Zalatoris a lot this week as well. This has been the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, listen to each of us every single week. For Ben Everall, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck. Bets for this week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green.